Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Radio Free Topic, episode 104. I'm Donovan. Uh, I'm Art. And uh, hopefully, uh, we got a little, we got a little stuff caught in my throat right now. I'm gonna be working through that as the episode progresses. Uh, hopefully, that's the little bit of tension that gets you hooked in. And you have to stay <laughs> through the whole episode to find out will I be able to breathe and speak normally, or or not. So stay with us to find that out. And, and that's where I'm at in life. How are you doing, Arthur? I'm uh, doing rather well. Coming up in the end of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm at like hour 33. I'm closing in on the end, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens to Cloud and my friends Barrett and Tifa. Because <laughs> yeah, I forgot you didn't play like the fucking original. Nope. Uh, so it's wild to me that like. It, feel like no spoilers but the thing came out like 23 years ago right <laughs> that's exciting though man i, I, I want to be experiencing that for the uh for the first time too well uh I, I reckon we get right into it we don't leave our guests here waiting uh we are stoked this week to have uh brett Payne from street fight radio with us uh brett how are you doing i'm doing well uh i woke up just a couple hours ago and we're ready to record <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, you you guys have uh you talked a bit on on your show about the the sleep schedule and uh the the normal human wake up time being you know later than the the 7 or 8 a.m. that for some reason our society has decided is is fantastic for everybody. And I will say that's like the one upside to the quarantine thing for me is I've gotten on a good sleep schedule that I struggled with before, but it's cause like I wake up at noon and go to bed at like three. And I, I just got to figure out a way to maintain that, you know, after this, after this stuff ends. Uh, but that's, so that's a, that's a plus, you know? Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I like, I like to be up early and I like doing productive stuff and all of that. But, uh, with quarantine, I really, I stopped setting an alarm. So I just wake up when I'm like, rested and it's way better but i have turned into an absolute night owl at this point um and it which is tough i mean it's hard to get things done you can't really run errands um but i'm up from like noon to four or i'm sorry midnight to four just doing a million things at once i'm gonna start mowing the lawn at two in the morning real soon (laughs) just strap a mag light (laughs) to your your fucking mower Then you don't have the uh, well, you don't have the sun coming down at you and all that. Like that's the that's the low key the best time to do that is 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 at night. Yeah. And if you got neighbors complaining, you can just be like, dude, I'm an early riser. Like, yeah. Fucking weenies <laughs> are waking up at seven a.m. I'm up at two a.m. Dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> they say they say you should mow your lawn after the heat of the day has died off, and where is the heat of the day less than at two in the morning? Perfect. Yeah, see, that's that's probably the minimum. It's environmentally friendly and yeah. it's, it's friendly to uh, like my sweaty ass. If it's uh, you know, if it's if it's me doing the mowing here, uh, okay. Well, I, I reckon most of the people who listen to us are probably familiar with Street Fight. But Brett, do you want to give like a just kind of a brief, you know, who who you are for uh, anybody out there who might not? Yeah, um, Street Fight Radio is a podcast that started nine years ago. Uh, myself and my friend Brian Quinby. Uh, you may know him on Twitter as at Murder Brian. Uh, started a podcast to really just to pick on Democrats. I mean, when we got started <laughs> in 2009, uh, Obama was president. 
and we were doing like we were just attacking liberals from the left basically uh dunking on conservatives uh was the name of the game and there wasn't a lot of that going on so uh we were you know we were on that early enough and on twitter and everything to to kind of build enough a big enough fan base that you know now we're doing it full time uh, we've got employees that work for us we do all kinds of we're doing all kinds of different projects we have zines we have videos and uh we're working on now a tv show that's going to be on the streaming platform means tv so hell yeah it's grown it's grown a lot i because i i was thinking about that uh you know too where, where i feel like a lot of people even outside podcasting but just getting politically involved or even you know it'd be even being aware that there there is a left that is not the fucking Democrats in this country. I feel like so many people like myself included, it didn't really come around to that until, you know, the 2016 election where it was kind of mask off for this country. Uh, but obviously that stuff was going on before. So I, I'm curious with, with you guys starting in like 2009, like what, what was your kind of, what was your kind of entrance to like the leftist, you know, leftist space? Like how did you kind of get there? Occupy wall street. That was like the, that was literally the, everything that I was thinking, all the books I was reading, um, all of the stuff that was melting down. I was like, you know, I wasn't a homeowner. I I wasn't a homeowner. I didn't really give a shit. But the people that I knew that were, went to college and had all these loans and had houses that were now being taken away from them, you know, I just thought it was kind of bullshit. And, uh, I uh, was dating my wife at the time, and she moved to Texas, so we were kind of on a long-term, long-distance relationship thing. Uh, so I would just go to work, and then I would leave work and go buy food and go to Occupy Wall Street and just hang out there all night long. Uh, so I, I got to meet a lot of different people, um, and it was it was. You know, it was one thing. It was like we, we were standing out there in front of the Capitol building, and you're having folks that are just you have like a communist arguing against a socialist and not in any sort of like my tendency is better than yours. Just really kind of like a bar conversation. Like, ah, oh, that communism shit will never work. Ah, oh, that anarchism shit will never work. But it was all comrades out there. And, you know, as we're standing out there, uh, there would be nurses that would stop with like a jug of coffee and like five dozen donuts and just say, thank you so much for being out here and standing up for, regular people and i think it was at that time in my life uh i was on i was on kind of a downswing and brian was as well i mean things weren't going well for us we didn't have any like we didn't lose any sort of 401k we never had that shit but through talking to each other we realized that we were the majority of people you know most of my friends didn't have retirement plans and didn't have health insurance uh and, and neither did i so uh brian and i found a lot of com like a lot of camaraderie through just talking about like getting payday advance loans and then getting a payday advance loan to pay off your first payday advance loan. Like once ever you get, once you get that deep in the trap. So right. a lot of it just really came out of being frustrated um, with there not being any sort of entertainment or news for people that uh, don't have like $10,000 in investable assets. Right. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's like NPR. When when I when I was trying to get more politically active and I turned on NPR, I was like, oh, this is this sounds so boring. It must be right. But it's all propaganda. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't tell you they give you zero advice on 
like how to get your electric cut on back cut back on they don't tell you how to beat payday advance loans they they literally are like so what so what do you do when you've got ten thousand dollars of investable assets you know how can you really make that work for you you know and that, right. that's the that's the questions they're answering i'm like i have people that are are like checking door handles on cars and trying to steal sunglasses to get groceries so i don't i don't understand what what the conversation is happening here on npr either yeah Right. And that's, and that was such, and I mean, still is to an extent, uh, hopefully becoming less so, but such a thing with political discussion, like uh, back when the, you know, that financial crisis happened, you know, I, I was still in high school back then. And even, even into college, like I was definitely left leaning, but politics almost came off to me as like, oh, this is this, you know, if this like the, if you're smart, you know, if you're like the NPR tote bag carrying person, uh, you know, you get to do politics and stuff, and that's like a cool, smart thing to be doing, but not kind of recognizing like, no, like that, that is, that directly influences your quality of life and like everybody's quality of life. Like I, I felt like, you know, again, pre 2016 election, and I feel ignorant, you know, as shit remembering this, but I, I kind of, and, and part of it, you know, I'm a fucking white dude, so I, I, I can, you know, turn the other way and, and be okay and was able to for, you know, for that time. Uh, but it, it, it's just weird to kind of see, especially as fucking capitalism's mask is slipping off. And again, with this fucking crisis, uh, it, it is good to see that like people can recognize, uh, it, it, this is something that's supposed to be, you know, serving us and like supporting your normal working people, uh, in this country, as opposed to like, you know, a fun suit and tie hobby for like wealthy people as it, as it like currently kind of is, uh, and so I was saying to Arthur too, before, like, I, I've really appreciated what, uh, you guys are doing. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if we mentioned Arthur and I are both, you know, I was born in Cincy. He lives down here too. We both went to, uh, Ohio state and, uh, met back then, but, but I like that you guys, and I, I mean this in a very good way, but you, you're both kind of consummate Ohio guys on the surface. You know, <laughs> you both got a family. You're talking about listening to corn and shit, <laughs> which is you know, very, very much, uh, what I grew up with, uh, you know, you're, you're not like, I, I think to an outsider, you're, you're not like this kind of high and mighty talking head. Like, I think it kind of gets across like, no, like people, you know, like you, like other kind of Ohio folks out there, uh, this, the like leftism isn't some crazy elitist movement, you know, that you have to be in some special position to be into, you know, it, it, it is about, uh, you know, working for people who are just normal people and just going to normal jobs and, you know, don't want to, uh, don't want to worry about losing their job and then not having health care and, and, and be tied to their, their job in that way. Uh, so I, it, down to earth, I think is, is the word I would use. And, uh, so I, I've been, been loving listening to you guys. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, I, the 2016 election, I, I'm not a, I'm not an accelerationist, and I think you know Hillary Clinton probably would be doing better in this situation right now, uh, certainly than Donald Trump. But um, you know, I think that it was a big breaking point, and we were a place that people could go to. Um, they finally realized, you know, the Democrats are losers, uh, very, the best at it, and they're not trying to actually win; <laughs> they're trying to just keep their little career going. Uh, yeah. 
and and then from the beginning also uh you know we did kind of have a chip on our shoulder being from ohio uh all we ever did all we ever wanted to do was leave this place uh it feels like you know the butt of every joke and at the same time um you know the the coastal stuff is actually like pretty uppity and stupid as well uh i think that there's that kind of that break where you're you're like I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a well-read Democrat that reads the New York Times and knows all of this stuff, and I'm gonna yas queen for Hillary Clinton, and then they don't campaign to win, and then you see how stupid it is, and then you're like, I really don't pr- like to pretend like I give a shit about quiche anymore, or like that I care about <laughs> like, or that a sixteen-dollar cocktail makes sense. Like I, I like right. So we are proudly Ohio. We like the we like square cut pizza. We like. ICP and new metal. And these are part of, this is part of our lives. And this is, this is normal here. And so like, you know, when we, when we started out, we went to open mic stand up, And one of the most annoying things about it was just, everybody was trying to do like a Jay Leno bit. Some of one of these, just like LA, New York type humor, like about like, we don't even have public transportation here. And you have people in ohio on stage talking about you know ri- riding in fucking taxis and shit it's, it's stupid so there was just a big <laughs> disconnect and nobody really that uh it nobody was really proud to be from ohio so it was really it was a good way for us to to get attention and to be something new and kind of be a breath of fresh air and we have a lot of people that listen to us that did move to like seattle or la or dc and you know, they're from Pennsylvania or Ohio or West Virginia, and they're like, I just got to hear, like, normal people. Like, I just have to go back and remember what it's like that there's actual folks out there that are chill and aren't these, like, you know, high-strung assholes that live in these big cities, you know, that are paying $2,500 a month for rent. Damn. Right. Because D.C., oh, I, I lived in D.C. I did get my wanderlust out. I did live in D.C., and it was honestly, it was scary. Because it was all like a, it was all a students that were all overachievers that would all work one hour more than the next person to get like up the the ladder, and everybody was so professional and just so with it that it was honestly intimidating. A lot of times I would go to these like uh, mixers and cocktails hours and networking events with my wife, and uh, the people you were talking to would be fucking millionaires. Some of them were just, you know, some of them would, would have a salary that was $750,000 a year. And, uh, it was, had me shaking in my boots. <laughs> I feel like they know, just, um, they know my bad education, my bad training. They can look in my mouth and see my, uh, fill my, see, I don't, I have like silver fillings and know that I come from a bad stock. Hell, I got that at like grad student mixers with my ex. Like it's fucking yeah yeah you get See, that, my, that whole inferiority energy it's rough it's tough my my wife is in like she is very talented but uh, like a students is what she's like the everybody that's in her industry uh it's all architects and uh designers and there are just so on the ball 100 percent of the time or i'm or i mean like when i'm not looking at them i'm sure they like are bursting out in tears in front of the mirror and shit <laughs> right but they're but, but they're able to keep you know keep keep the the kind of mask on yeah long uh, longer than i can better yeah sorry yeah. yes but yeah I, I no and i i appreciate that too and I, I was the same growing up so like i i've lived in 
Cincinnati four distinct times. And I guess this is five fucking A. I'm moving my stuff from Portland to here right now and uh, up at OSC for college. And I mean, I was the same, exactly what you're describing. And most of my friends, you know, uh, like at OSU uh, or at high school here in Cincy, everybody was always talking about like, I got to get the fuck out of this place, man. Like I just, I just got to get out of here. And I, I've definitely found more appreciation uh, for it kind of after leaving and coming back. Like, no, this place is, this place is very solid. Like, is it, is it big and extravagant? Like, no, but a lot of times the big and extravagant shit is, you know, as you're describing, it's just kind of uppity and, and, and shitty. It's it's not as kind of cool as, you know, social media or kind of uh, like the attitude that that, you know, wealthier kind of big city folks would take. Uh, it, it, that's not ultimately what it is like. Those people are still going to have, you know. There, uh, there, downsides and, and arguments about whatnot, and living in cities like that, like it's, it still is going to be boring, you know, as shit sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, I've, I've brought partners back here to Ohio who, you know, have the same thing. You know, the perception is like the joke that fucking most astronauts come from Ohio because uh, they want to get off the planet because Ohio sucks so bad or whatever. But then you take them to Columbus and you know take them to some of the bars around there, or if they can tolerate skyline chili here in Cincinnati. They're like, oh shit! All right, like this place is this place is kind of cool. So I, it, it, it's cool to see you breaking. I don't know, we're breaking out of the Ohio mold. This the state's shaped like a heart, dude. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> if you can't stomach skyline, your bloodline is weak, and history will forget you. True, <laughs> true. I yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that like I lived in. Da- I've I feel bad for Brian because he never got to move away. And he has he has wanderlust still real bad, uh, but my daughter is going to be in school for the next like ten years, so uh, I think we're stuck here f- until then. Uh, but it is like I lived in Dallas, and I lived in D.C., and D.C. was awesome because there was a lot of free shit to do. There was a lot of like an Earth Day concert with like My Morning Jacket and Fallout Boy and. Uh, and uh, no doubt and Mary J Blige and it was all free and it was like on the lawn of the White House and That's you could wild. go do stuff like that but you had zero spending money like I, you could go to all the free museums you could go to cultural festivals but there I we had no extra money at all we didn't pay for a single fucking thing I had like agoraphobia because I was so afraid that if I got too far away from the house I was going to have to pay ten dollars for a metro ride or for parking <laughs> or having to get a fourteen dollar sandwich if if the kid gets hungry uh yeah and and now that i'm back in columbus and i realize it's like it's actually way better it, like we have all of the trappings of the city you can get all of the most expensive stuff um that you can buy in other cities but there isn't as much there's no traffic there's no like waiting in line for things um Sure, there's some sensational stuff that blows through town, um, but you can get Chemex coffee without the high price tag of New York and the you know the high rent of living in New York or any of the big cities. So the affordability and and I mean there is stuff to do. It's just not abundant. You know you have to find one or two things to do during the week. But there's definitely a, a there's a lot of amazing bands that come through here. The Ohio State University really supports a an excellent live music scene for those 10 to $20 bands. They're always here. I mean, I, there's always, there's at least one show a night that I'd be willing to go to. 
I went and watched a fucking band in a uh, a laundromat like two weeks ago and had Which to one? get dressed. Dirty, dun- <laughs> dirty dungarees or what? Yeah, or what dirty dungarees. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dirty Dungarees for people. I guess people don't know. It's a bar and a laundromat, and they have bands now too. That's such See, a we, fucking good idea. <laughs> I've, and I heard friends talking about that last time I was up there. What? What? So did people go to the concert? Did they, did they bring their laundry too? Like when they're doing it as a music venue, are the machines running too? The machines are running. There, yeah. yes. The, but like everybody's there for the show. Um, and, yeah. and it's like some of the, the, every, there was like really cool hip people in there. Uh, and then there was like just some, some people hanging out doing their laundry while bong ripper <laughs> or whatever the name of the band, it was some like sludgy death metal band that was so loud. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking get up there and mosh and then go back and then toss the whites in the dryer. I like this. <laughs> yeah. And get a drink, drink at the same time. Yep. Well, so our, our, you know, the the crux of our show, uh, obviously, you know, Arthur and I are left politically, but our, our bread and butter is uh, going through listener questions, Reddit questions uh, about relationships. And so when we have a guest on our, our traditional question for, for the guest, also, Brett, I think you might be our first married guest. Maybe uh, that could add some, some uh, interesting answers here. Uh, might have to change the question. Our, our usual question is kind of like, what is your most embarrassing uh or funny dating experience that you've had you know maybe a date that went particularly badly or you just looked like you know a big old idiot as i have multiple times uh i guess we could modify that to a little bit you know or if you have anything kind of specific to being married that people might not expect like some goofy stuff that that happens there uh you know maybe you didn't expect uh going into it do you, do you kind of get the idea what do you uh what do you got in that wheelhouse um I um I don't know. I feel I feel on the spot right now and um trying I usually to... tell people beforehand because I know that on the spot feeling and I completely blanked, so don't don't worry. Uh it's fine. Um uh I uh I don't know. I can't I I don't so the thing about it is that I am actually more of a wife guy. And I didn't, haven't done a lot of dating. Um, I've been on a few, but I was a real big cheater. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, I always had a girlfriend and then was always cheating, getting as much in as I could on the side, uh, every opportunity that I had. <laughs> um, there was one time, though, that, uh, that, this girl and I did, and this is why I met my wife. And I decided, like, all right, I'm gonna stay with my wife. And my wife was the woman where it was like I would actually feel bad if I cheated on her, and that was kind of convinced me that you know that was probably something <laughs> real. You know, I'm growing up and stuff. Yeah. So this right. girl that I messed with before was at this party, and she saw me uh, with my wife, and uh, she just comes up and she grabs my hoodie. Uh, like right at the collar and she just yanks and just rips my hooded sweatshirt like right down the middle and walks out Jesus. of the house <laughs> and just walks out of the house <laughs> and so i just had this like hoodie that was ripped in half down the front this like mark this is my scarlet letter of being a fucking dog um 
Did, uh, how, did, how did your was your, how did your wife react to that? Yeah, like, did she did she know what the situation was, or she was like, "What the fuck is? Why did this woman just tear your clothes in half?" Yeah, she kind of knew what was going on. I get. I just. I was a little bit. I was kind of. Uh, I kind of didn't volunteer all the information to the other girl. Basically, mm. there's a, well, there's <laughs> another good one too. Actually, this is how me and my wife got together. Um, nice. It always. I don't know why it was. Me and my wife just must, must be fighters or something, or like we're really into the jealousy thing. Uh, me, I was doing a podcast with uh, with Brian and two other guys, and basically the the way it worked is every Friday we'd get together and record a podcast, and while we were downstairs, girlfriends and friends would be upstairs partying. We'd finish up the podcast, we'd go up there, we're hammered, they're now hammered, and we would stay up till five in the morning the next day. <laughs> Uh, well, my wife brought this guy over and she told, she told me later on that she was so nervous because the friend group was like the big, just such assholes. And I was pretty new to hanging out with them. I'd known them for probably a year at the time. And she brings this guy over and he started talking shit about Obama. Like when we were talking shit about Obama, which was fine. Oh no. But then we started talking shit about McCain and he got offended. Oh, and uh, okay. and uh, my buddy's like, "Wait, you're going to vote for fucking John McCain?" And we went nuts on him, like we just made fun of him until he got red faced. And he called me a, he called me faux hawk or something because I had like that's what I had, my hair was at the time. He's like, "Fuck you, faux hawk! I'm out of here." And then he leaves, and he turns to my wife, and he goes, "Erica, we're leaving." And he looks. She looks at him and goes, "No, you're leaving." And then she nice. puts her arm oh, around. Shit. She puts her arm around me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yes. I'm his now. So uh, yeah. So he. So he left, and uh, yeah, we stayed up all night making out. God, that rules. Fuck yeah, dude. God it was, damn. It was com- wild. Combination mo- like meeting your soulmate and also like literally stealing your girl uh, to some fucking conservative chud that rules man that's a, yeah. that's a good fucking good way to start a uh, uh, a relationship there. that's praxis yeah yeah, Fuck yeah. so far so no, good. definitely definitely good answers uh especially especially for being on the spot we uh fucking a like i said yeah i think i think first uh first married guest now nah, handsome was married Right, Arthur, Megan, my guy. Yeah, Simon Hanselman was married. Also, aren't Zav and Brooke from the Bellowing Pines? Aren't they married? Oh yeah, shit, man. That I'm was so like fucking, two years ago. Even, <laughs> I almost said I'm so fucking single. I, I was single for like three years there, so I'm so in that mindset. Like marriage is like, <laughs> wow. Uh, I kind of don't expect that anybody else is married except for my parents. And yeah, I realize that that's that's probably a me problem. <laughs> I'm dating somebody now, though, so 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 that shit's good. I mean, is that where is that where you're at? Is that I mean, do young people want to get married these days? Hmm. I'm, I'm I'm personally I'm personally a bit a bit on on the fence with it. Um, right? Because I saw so like I I was in a relationship uh for three years through most of college. It's all relationship mode, and then I got out and I was single for three years after that. And I would like kind of, you know, figure yourself out sort of situation, uh, dating around and all that. And then, you know, had a couple shorter relationships in there. And then it started, honestly started dating a girl during quarantine, actually. Uh, oh. She's actually headed up here, headed up here now. 
Uh, we were both in different cities alone in our apartments. She was in Las Vegas. I was up in Portland and I was like, uh, do you want to come up here and quarantine with me instead of, you know, both of us, uh, you know, slowly losing our minds solo in these apartments. Sure. And she did. We, we, we'd been dating a little bit before that and, uh, came out of there in an official relationship. Uh, but I can't, like, I can't, I can't say like, I, I don't know if I, since that first college relationship, I don't know if I've really discussed marriage with, with anybody. Cause my kind of sense is like, I, if I was with somebody for a long time, like I'm on board for it, but I feel like it would be more for like the tax purposes and, and the financial reasons. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's like that Bill Hicks bit where he's like, I love you. You love me. Let's get the government involved. <laughs> but yeah. there is something like, but I like, I appreciate, you know, like the, the, the ceremony of it and, you know, kind of making like a, a vow to each other like that. Like I do, like I, I see the appeal of that. I will tell you and, this. I appreciate it, but it's, it's just, I feel distanced from that somehow. I'm even having trouble kind of articulating where I'm at on it, but it's just, yeah. And I think, well, I think most of my friends are similar too. Uh, I very much look forward to getting way too drunk at my wedding reception and kicking the DJ off the decks and plugging in a fucking thumb drive <laughs> and just blasting a set. Well, I'm, yeah, I was just curious because you do the you do this do this about relationships, but I didn't know where you were at. Um, or like you know, I, I mean, like getting a relationship is you know, I guess you you want to have somebody else with you to be alongside with you. It helps you feel less lonely. Um, um, but do you open that to more people? Do you go poly at that point? Are you open to that kind of stuff or, I, yeah, are you, I mean, I mean, if in your life, if it, if you were just to, to say be in a relationships for four to five years and go from person to person would that, that would be perfectly fine. Serial, so, uh, like serial I, monogamy is potentially interesting. Like the idea that you would have a partner for a period of time and you move on to another partner. Yeah. Uh, I've I've attempted polyamory a number of times and I am far too anxious and psychotic for that to work. Like it's like <laughs> panic attacks left and right whenever I give that a shot. Um so I can't fuck with that. But like I run into this all the time with questions where people will be like, "Well, me and my friends with benefits are, you know, like I think I'm starting to feel like I want to have an actual relationship with them. Is that weird? And I'm like, fucking no, like that's not weird. Like people <laughs> yeah. like there's sort of a script. Like you start, you know, you date each other, you get to know each other, you make sure they're not a psychopath. Then you start having sex with them and then you develop feelings for them. I think that's kind of where the script is, but there's like so many people that just don't, don't want to do the follow through. Don't want to have any kind of commitment or responsibility to the other person and that's fine if that's what you want to do but i think that maybe we do actually want to do that we just don't want to deal with any potential consequences i think is what's going on yeah it kind of kind of depends on the person and and i'm in the similar boat like i i think that's a totally viable option for folks i have friends and poly relationships who are who are super happy with it and so like arthur's saying like that'll come up sometimes and we like put that out there as an option uh, but thinking about it, yeah, like I, I'm kind of like I, I'm just very slow moving when it goes to relationships. It's very rare for me to find somebody that like I really click with like that, which is kind of where I'm at now. And then I want to date for a while 
and like then have move in together because it's like I haven't lived with somebody except for the quarantine. Actually, I went straight into it with uh, the gal I'm dating now. Uh, <laughs> and then like down the line, it would be marriage. Uh, so like I, I could definitely see myself with somebody for the long term. But like I, I'd have to I'd have to kind of we'd have to be in the relationship for a while. It'd have to be 100 percent certain uh, before, you know, before going all the way in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of the the way the way that I am, like I said, I I am kind of always had a girlfriend. Um, and the way that I really do look at it is like I I it, I'm old school in that way. Uh, that I just uh, like our our marriage is like me versus her, and like me. <laughs> <laughs> And like a sitcom way, without the dark energy, uh, right. but it is um, very the heteronormative thing. Uh, I kill all the bugs. I take out all the trash. I check on the weird smells. Uh, that kind of stuff <laughs> is my responsibility. Like the garage and the basement are my my domains. Uh, so I don't know. We're both kind of traditional in that way, but. The, the thing that really helped and I think which solves most of the, the dating and relationship advice is really just saying what you, being able to say what you actually think or feel to the person that you're feeling it about. Um, the, the thing that got me head over heels for my wife was that I didn't I just stopped filtering what I was saying, you know, not being cruel or mean and recognizing when I'm being an asshole. But I was able to just say, this is how I feel about this. Or like, I don't know if I want to get married. Or I don't know if I want to be in a relationship. I don't know if I, you know, I, th I, wanted, I want things to be like this. How do you feel about it? And taking feedback. And it's so refreshing because I spent time in relationships where I was not doing things. Or I was subduing part of myself to make the other person happy. And it made me fucking miserable. And I just had like this secret misery inside of my head. And once I let it out and into the to the sunlight uh i was able to say hey you know what i don't really like it when this happens in our relationship i don't really like it when this these things happen i want to do this for myself and have it for me without you involved so that was like a big part of my growth uh as far as relationships go and i and like I, that's what solves most of these issues is just just say it and see what the fuck happens. Just like, talk about stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's like 90% of the answers we give to Reddit questions are like, why don't you talk to them about it and not Reddit? But the, right. I we, mean, that's a joke about that. It's this. It's, it's such a frequent thing. It's the simplest advice, but the majority of people there's, there's, this is an entire industry built on this because the majority of people have something built inside their head. That is not the, the, the real world. They have some sort of guy code in their mind. They have some yeah. sort of their, you know, their girlfriends are telling them like, this is the way, these are the rules of the game. Um, I, I don't know that there's like, like, I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in a relationship. I don't, not really a serial dater during my, my younger days. Um, but there is a, a very weird, there's a, there's a segment of the population Five, a group of five guys and a group of five girls all go out to a singles place and they meet each other and they have the most toxic fucking 
engagements for like the next 18 months and nothing good happens out of it. And they listen to like this pop music that tells them that they're right and is all about broken hearts. And I don't know, there's people that just live in a cycle of misery because they think that like all men are trash or all women are trash and that they have this idea of how things are supposed to be. And it's, it's all expectations and it's all, all, setting yourself up for failure when you when you have an opinion on how things are supposed to be instead of just working out how they are you know damn right and i i think that's a big part of what puts a lot of younger people off of marriage too is because that's so much of what you see you know especially from uh you know much older people you know boomer generation where there was such a societal pressure you know you had to do that and of course, any relationship where you have to be in the relationship, even if you were to get along, nobody wants to be with somebody they fucking have to be with. Right. And so you see the negative side effects that come from that. But then you kind of wrap that in with marriage, like kind of thinking through this right now. Like I definitely still, you know, put put some baggage uh, on marriage there because that's kind of the things that you reference and the things that you're talking about. You know, the, the people who, OK, I met somebody. So now we got to get engaged are you going to get married and like, you know, you're arguing all the time, but like, that's, that's normal. That's the way, that's the way it's supposed to be. So I guess I'd revise my answer. Like, I think marriage can definitely be a good thing and something I would do. Uh, but, but it's not something like I'm rushing to do. Like I, I'll, I'll know, uh, you know, when, when I'm in that space with the right person and a lot of it comes down to what you're talking about with just being able to be open with your communication because again, it's a simple thing to describe how to do, but, but there is a lot to that. Like, I think both partners need to be know themselves well enough to communicate what needs to be said. You got to have that communication ability. You kind of got to know how to not take things personally if if criticism is coming at you from your partner. Um, so, I, I, like, again, I, I don't think marriage as a concept can be good. I just I don't think it's for everybody. And definitely don't be doing that. Uh, you know, don't feel do that because you feel obligated to uh, yeah. do that. And I, I, I still know folks, you know, my age, my generation, who are, who it seems like are in marriages like that because that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And I look at uh, our buddy Zisty up in Columbus dated yeah. his girlfriend from high school on, dated for eleven years, and they just got married. And they just I'm bought like, a. That's ha- more what I want. They just bought a house. They put the fucking money yeah. down on a house. Good for them. And, they didn't them. live together for the first five or six years, and then they lived together for three or four, and then they got engaged. I'm like, I think that's, I think that's more, more my speed. Yeah, I mean, th- for me, I, with me and my wife, is that like she makes me better, and I make her better. Um, I mean, it should be, it marriage should be like a selfish decision, in that it's, it's like somebody <laughs> that like you like, and that will actually, you know, assist you in what you're trying to accomplish. You know, that that partner word, I think, is way better than spouse because it needs to be somebody that's, like, willing to put aside your their own stuff or, you know, willing to, you know, say, hey, Street Fight's going through this really big change over the next six months, so I'm going to have to really focus on it and I'm going to need the support. And they're there for you, you know, or... If I'm if I'm drinking and drugging real bad, you know, she expects better of me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm, I can't be mad at her for that because I expect better of myself, too. So it like it's it, it's and it's it's there's the the sappy stuff is 
you know, totally not there. I mean, not like that. that the sappy stuff happens, you know, one, one, once a month or something. Like if you get that fairy tale <laughs> feeling. But other than that, it's an agreement between two people that has to go a lot beyond like lusting after each other. It's uh, a legally binding agreement. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, what, I'm, what I'm getting to is that, uh, you know, it the reason that we had got it is because I needed health insurance. Yeah, like, we had a kid. We had a kid, and we were fine without the marriage. But I was stay at home dad once my daughter was born. So we didn't have a wedding or anything. We just got it so that she I could get on her health insurance. And That's... Brian was Brian did the same exact thing. That's an interesting <laughs> argument against socialized medicine, uh, like the traditional marriage argument. Why would people get married if they could just have health insurance? <laughs> it's true. They I'm... could just not go into debt after getting cancer <laughs> if they're single. Nobody's going to get married. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's 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 infuriating. I really, I honestly, I wish, I mean, I wish I could have, we could have done it now uh, when we had the money to actually do a wedding and stuff. I know you can do like a say you can do like a renewal of vows but everybody talks about you behind your back like you're trying to get more presents or something but being forced into it really i think stole stole away uh you know something that could have that was supposed to be uh a, a big celebration like it got taken away yeah. um i always read renewal of vows as like y'all are on the rocks and you're trying to do like a big swing to fix it that's how i always read it <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand though I mean, I, fucking who doesn't love a wedding party? I feel like if one, if, if like Zisty and, uh, and and Bridget up there were like, okay, oh, we're I'd go married again. I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude! It's just an they excuse, still they were talking. They're gonna, they're gonna have a party. They're gonna do it. They That's just true. haven't gotten around to yeah. it. And then the fucking corona happened. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, maybe fucking, I'll fucking a. I'll plan that for my wife once this is over. With. I think it's a good idea. That's bad <laughs> as fuck. Well, well, hell yeah. Well, Brett, if you don't mind uh, utilizing your your uh, marriage uh, expertise and uh, with us to answer some of these listener and Reddit questions, uh, we got some stuff in the question box. Asking all the questions. Uh, I reckon let's uh, let's try to save some babies out here. Yeah, let's hear. Uh, for those of you for those of you new to the show or with a memory uh, comparable to a goldfish, it's the anonymous question box. This is where you, the listener, can send in your questions to us. We will answer them, whether they be about difficulty in a relationship or just trying to get more thick and plentiful cum. We'll put them in a box. <laughs> we will respond to them. Uh, if you'd like to send your question in, you can find the link to the question box in our bio uh, on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Radio Free Tote Bag or on our website, Radio Free Tote Bag And we have two this week. And uh, let's get in with the messy one first. Yeah. Here here it is. Uh, I just want to hear y'all talk about pegging. Dudes that don't try it out are missing out big time. Brett. Brett, what's your stance on yeah. pegging? What's the official street fight stance on pegging? Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Dude, you got it. Yeah. All pleasure that you can have in your life, you should. I've always thought that was so weird that getting fucked in the ass was considered weak when like every straight macho guy was the most terrified of that more than anything right. in the world <laughs> and tit and like break room conversations would you let your girl stick a dildo up your ass for a million dollars you should do it for free really <laughs> they're on to something 
They really <laughs> there. are. My yeah, because uh, because the, there's a reason there's a reason people are doing it, right? Because butt plays a good fucking time, and it does just come back to a lot of that heteronormative stuff. Or people call it gay. It's like oh, so a hot woman having sex with you and playing with your ass. That's that's somehow gay. Like why do the gays get to have uh, you know all all the control over the butt stuff? It's wonderful. Yeah, you're fucking you know? <laughs> G spots in there, dummy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go find I, it. I yeah, I I think that one is uh I I was happy to see the um butt stuff come into the popular uh popular favor over the last few years. Although I'm sure there's a lot of people doing it very wrong, but at the same time <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I don't see anything wrong. I like I'm for all the pleasure and joy that I can have. I'm a hedonist, so definitely yeah. nothing wrong with it. Are y'all familiar and, with the fieldo? Do you know what the fieldo is? No. It's a. It's that a, sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a device. It's a dildo, and then down like so. Imagine a shaft and balls, right? Uh-huh, go up right. from the balls and go to the other side of the shaft, and there's like a bulb that okay. that a, uh, a a vagina haver can put the bulb in, and then do like pelvic clench. Oh. Yeah, and it's, it's a strapless like strap, like strap, strap on. on, right? And then, yeah. and then, dildo wearer also gets some some pleasure out of it. That's Whoa. right. College girlfriend bought one of those and fucking did me up right. And uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we so we're very, you know it was kind of our first uh, sex toy that we bought together, and so she was very concerned about hygiene. So we very carefully washed it in the sink, and we had like a command hook next to the fucking uh, bathroom sink, and she just hung it. <laughs> on the command hook and our fucking roommate came in like our housemate came in and wrote us a fucking letter about hygiene and cleanliness like don't leave your fucking oh sex God. toys hanging on the command hook in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> that's good housekeeping dude you got the dildo hook you know it's right next to the uh you know the sanitary products so you can get it cleaned up good that's that's just good housekeeping right there hell yeah but uh I don't know. I guess if I was somebody's roommate, you know, you you have your your girlfriend over for the first time. Oh, I'm gonna go wash my hands. <laughs> What's this? You got what the fuck is oh, this? That's not mine. Don't that's not that. mine. That's that's my housemate's uh, strapless strap on that she uses to fuck his butt with. Because <laughs> because that is the other thing too. Like it is goofy. Like butt play, but sex in general too is goofy. Yeah. And I think just kind of accepting that. And not seeing that as as a bad thing, I don't know. There, there, there's there's so much shit. There's so much fun shit you can do that just that seems goofy as fuck on the surface. And then you try it out. And it's really you know it's not that big of a deal. Like what makes that weirder than than putting you know your appendage uh, inside somebody else's like sex appendage? That's weird as fuck too. I like the but phrase just... sex appendage a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's good to hear. I think we're positive on uh, on pagging all around. Uh, I will say too, but it but it isn't for somebody. I, like I think everybody should give something a try. You know, at, at least yeah. see where you're at with it. But at the same time, no shame to somebody who tries that and is like, eh, okay, this is, this isn't for me. Yeah, and uh, I I got and I I want to say like any like also women in the audience, you need to be very careful about the guy you choose because if it's a hetero dude. And he doesn't really know what to do. Um, it could be a horrible situation. 
Like, <laughs> straight guys are horrible with their assholes. Like, yeah. most of them are afraid of touching them. So, yeah, you're like, going to have gotta... to instruct them on, on enema. You're going to have to instruct them on washing the, the fucking orifice. Psyllium huskers in. <laughs> All that shit. Right. Right, but that leads to better gut health, and so I, I, I think the the conclusion we can take here is pegging is actually extremely good for your health. Uh, it'll you know get get you paying more attention to your bowels and your, uh, you know your chocolate balloon nut. So even if you're not into it, you know, it's like eating vegetables. Even if you don't like them, it's good for your health. <laughs> so do the pegging at least you know to get to get your mind uh, uh, solidly focused on your on your gut health and 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 butt health. Yeah, okay. beat up that <laughs> dirt. Beat up that dirt button. Beat it up. Okay, uh, we're gonna pop out of the dirt button then and into uh, this next question in here. Yes, no, depends. Tell a new partner if it's been a long time. Uh, parentheses years since you last had sex? Question mark. First impression feels too important to not mention it, but also very unsexy to say. Unsure. Thanks. Also, Ooh. 27 cishet male, single for the first time since college. Little, little, little bit, uh, having a little bit trouble following here. The impression I get, though, is that they, this is, they haven't had sex in a while, and they're trying yeah. to bring that up with their new partner. Yeah, That's this is, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, they've, they, he feels like he should be having sex all the time, right? Because he's a 27-year-old <laughs> male. And so he feels embarrassment, I'm guessing, or that uh, is not going is I don't know what is going to be bad at it. Like I don't know. It's it's always different. The first time you have sex with anybody, it's always weird. I, like that yeah. moment when you're like, "Whoa, that G spot feels funky." You, like the first time, <laughs> or like when you grab onto a titty that has a consistency that you've never felt before. Um, but. Right. I mean, that's just it. I don't. I don't think it's weird. I mean, as maybe, maybe I. I don't. I don't know why it would, what's necessary. That seems like its own his own sin, insecurity about it. Um, just you this, know, this is the impression I'm getting too. Partner does not give a shit. A... Can I tell you this? Your partner does not give a damn if you've had sex in a very long time. So yeah, the, no. for, the impression that it feels too important not to mention is completely wrong. It doesn't matter. They don't care. And it, but, but I'd feel too if you do want to share it, or if you feel like you're worried that you've you kind of been out of experience for a bit, and I don't know, maybe you've got some anxiety, you know, about having sex with somebody because you haven't in a long time. I can see how that could be like a lot of pressure on it. It's like so, riding like a Arthur bike. Said, it don't yeah, matter. But, it's but, like riding a bike. I, I, I'm feeling this though. So I, I, think, I think, like Arthur said, I don't think you need to say it. Uh, but if you want to, there's nothing, there's nothing unsexy about that. Like you're not, yeah. you're not a lesser person cause you haven't had sex in a while. You know, that's, yeah. I think that's just kind of a societal pressure on men where it's like, Oh, if you're not fucking like you're, you're fucking weenie dude. Like you're not a real man unless, unless you're banging 24 seven. So yeah. I, I think, I, I think sharing this is all good. I agree. I actually, I, I have to say that as well. It, it, that kind of depends on the situation. If it's a one night stand, just use a fucking fake name and get out of there. <laughs> um, but if it's if it's somebody that you want to have a physical relationship with because you want this to become a permanent thing or you want this to person to be a part of your life, you kind if this is how you are, you have to get it out. 
beforehand because mm. this is what I was saying before. This is when you lie to people when you start a relationship where you're like, no, no, I'm not nervous or insecure at all. No, no, not me. I'm a very <laughs> confident person. Please get into a relationship with me. And then, you know, six months to a year later, after you have the hooks in them, you're asking them these insecure questions all the time and it drives them nuts. So, yeah, I, I think the only way out is through just to say like, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's been a while for me and I'm a little bit nervous about that. And that's just how I feel. And from there, if they if they laugh in your face, you don't want to fuck that person anyway. So that's true. That, that'll that get it out of the way. Yeah. If your Bingo. partner's a chud, then I mean, you don't want to be fucking him anyway. Uh, I am of a mind that you don't specifically let them know that it's been a really long time. You just, you do your, you do your business and, uh, and you, you fall back on the skills that you've had for years. Cause it sounds like you were in a relationship before, you know, your way around the bedroom. Uh, and then you go on your podcast and do a bit about unveiling a banner behind you because you had sex and it's been a long time. <laughs> like I did. <laughs> I, I, I also think, uh, cause it, it, it is context dependent. Brett, like you were saying, if this is kind of a relationship that's starting, um, and especially if this is something that you might be stewing kind of with anxiety, if you kind of have to, if you have to keep it, like, again, I don't think there's an obligation there, but, but I think there's an opportunity. I'm kind of of the mind that any opportunity to be vulnerable, like if you, if you have the, the energy, uh, to do that is typically good. I, I can't see your partner being upset by you. Uh, kind of coming across with this, and I and I honestly think it could be a good thing because it kind of shows, you know, you're you got enough confidence to kind of say something like that that may uh, be looked down upon by some people, and, and you are making yourselves vulnerable to them. It shows that there's some trust there, and that you're comfortable being open with them. Uh, so if if it's somebody you're planning on, you know, potentially dating for a while, if it's going that direction, I, I say just tell them. You know, I don't think they're going to be like. Oh, you haven't fucked in two years? I'm fucking out of here, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck you. And again, yeah, if they do that, then then fucking let them go, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think if, if if this is on your mind enough to be, you know, sending it to us as a question, I would just get it off because I'm a sort of person who stews on things. I, yeah. I would just go ahead and put it out there. And imagine, I mean, yeah, I just imagine this person not saying anything, going there, forgetting where the nipples are at, confusing <laughs> <laughs> the butt and the pussy and just really like messing it up and he's just like leaves stewing and then he's mad at them because he's like you know i they were they didn't let me tell him that i was insecure you know and that i didn't know my way around about right. the bedroom anymore and then you can yeah you it becomes this weird thing like you know uh, like you're so that like no either side man woman non-binary person no one likes to be on that side where the other person is like stewing or inside their head about something for, you know, it can go on weeks and then they finally just say, Hey, I'm insecure about having sex. And the other person's like, Oh, I could see why you would feel that way. But you, that, you know, you've lived through like a month of misery or, you know, or however long you've been raking yourself over the coals about this, you know? Right. And then it ends up being nothing. Right. <laughs> so I, I think just say it out there. You'd be okay. I think your partner will appreciate it. And again, I think, I think that kind of opens the door. We were talking about this uh, last episode with Jake, uh, particularly with men. Like, I think there's a certain strength in opening up and being vulnerable with people because it shows, you know, Hey, they can, they can be vulnerable with you too. You know, it, yeah. it, it demonstrates that, that trust. And again, demonstrates a certain amount of confidence 
that you're willing to say that and not be like, oh, but you know, it's because like my dick was broken. Like I, w- I was in a cast. I couldn't have. So, like I would have been fucked <laughs> if I could have, you know, but I had it all wrapped up. It's already too big to begin with. So it would have just been completely implausible. <laughs> so, you know, just, just, just let them know you're, you're all good. And, yeah. Uh, good luck out there. If this is a new relationship, I, I hope it goes well. Well, that's Damn. that's both from our uh, from our question box, Arthur. What do we uh, what do we have from the old uh, the old Reddit land? Moving into Reddit land, we got this question. Uh, I love it. I think it's very good. I'm very excited about it. Uh, got a postcard from a girl with her number. What do you think? Her, what do you think? Should I text her? Hello, fellerder, fellow redditors and redditresses. I don't like oh. I don't like the gendered language there. I don't like that. Uh, so I met this girl on Tinder. We uh, went along very well, got to know each other, and had some kind of a relationship, but nothing official. Hope you get what I mean. <laughs> oh. After a few weeks slash months, she went into a psychiatric clinic because she had mental problems. In this very moment, she ghosted me. Not actual ghosting, since I think uh, she just needed the time for herself and her problems. I understand that. I've never heard from her again. My heart was kind of broken then. Now, several months later, I received a postcard from her. I answered it with a handwritten letter. This went on three or four times. Now she sent me a letter with her phone number on it. TLDR, what do you think? Should I call slash text her again? Maybe just meet her again and talk. Nothing more. I'm in a relationship with another girl. <laughs> Thanks well, in advance. The lead there. Yeah, yeah right. Well, <laughs> Thanks in advance. Cheers. This is posted by user L. Will you? Okay. Well, I I understand the impulse to kind of reach out because if you if you've been in contact, like there is there is a relationship there that that could potentially be a friendship. Like I get the impression you care about this person. You know you have you you've been taking the time to mail letters back and forth. Uh, the thing that this would become a problem though is you, you got to let your your partner here know about this though because you can't. Yeah, because you can't what just if, start man? texting this gal that you saw before from a letter or meet up like without kind of making sure your partner's okay with that. And just like, it, it needs to be a situation where you're articulating, you know, I want to do this, uh, you know, because it's, I don't know, it's somebody I care about. And she had to, you know, go into a, uh, was, uh, in the, in the hospital for a bit there. I'm not, you know, trying to turn this into like some sort of romantic situation for her with her. Like you, you just need to put your, if you want to do this, you need to put your cards on the table with your partner. If there is an inkling that you're kind of trying to test the waters with this gal, though, like that's when there is actually uh, a, a big problem here. That's what's happening. Because obviously, I feel totally like that's what's fucking, Yeah, I, I kind of get that impression, too, especially just burying the lead with the. Oh, yeah, I'm dating somebody, too, at the very end. That's like the main point of this question. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what you should be focused on, I think, is is, uh, you know, get talking to your partner about this and, and getting there. OK, because, again, if you if you. If, if you just kind of go behind their back with this, even if it is completely platonic and you just meet up, it's still a little shifty because you'd be going behind their back. And again, regardless of intentions, just, you don't want to do that to your partner. Yeah. It, yeah. I agree. That's, there's two, 
That was two separate questions, I think. I like I was ready to I was ready to answer this question and then that other part came in. Uh yeah, I mean it's it's not fun and it's uncomfortable to tell somebody, "Hey, I want to talk to somebody else." Um but I guess even with the other with this other person in the picture, uh you obviously this you obviously like this person a lot and they either you are have a dysfunction where you like people that treat you bad um or you're just right. willing to overlook uh you know the issues this person has i i have to say that like my wife uh revealed some uh vulnerable stuff like some very heavy very wild stuff um you know early on within the first year of our relationship and uh that that was part of like of us being together was like i you know i have mental illness because of these things that happen in my life um you know and i also have my own issues i have my own like manic depressive way of doing things uh so if you're willing i mean that's what that's what that's what the relation that's what relationship should be is you you love somebody and accept them who they are completely including all of the the bad stuff and like there's a lot of bad stuff that you can write off you know like generally the bad stuff just has to be less than the good stuff um but like (laughs) there's nothing nothing like none none of us are perfect partners none of us are good people you know like we should be grateful (laughs) we should be grateful that somebody else is able to like see the like the little bit glimmer of hope that lives inside of each of us uh, so I think that, you know, I, I would just come clean with the other girl. This it's it's like the cheat, it, you know, going back to my cheating thing. Um, I spent, I spent all this time being like, I really need to make this relationship work, but then cheating like crazy. But that was like the, the, that was the big red flag was like, just get out of this. You don't care about the other person. If you, if you're writing, if you're doing handwritten postcards to somebody, um, what makes a better rom-com, you know, like, do you, yeah. do you, you know, what's the better story of getting together? Like that you couldn't be kept apart, that you had to write letters and stuff. I mean, what? it seems like there's an attraction there that's unavoidable. And this other person seems like you consider them a pawn in your playing house life at the moment. You know, what is right. the title of this rom-com where the girl goes to the psych <laughs> hospital and falls out of contact with the guy and then they uh, fucking start correspondence again i'm gonna call it she flew over the cuckoo's nest is what i'm gonna call it <laughs> that would be really funny they haven't done a rough they didn't have a, done an update of an old one like that that would be a really good way to do it there you go yeah so and did you, you know what did, did you ever see that here's i'm sorry i just reminded of this movie and oh, no, nobody's ever really seen it but did you ever see that movie the big sick i've heard oh, of it shit it's uh, uh, my sisters it. were watching it and I was kind of tuning in and out, but I, I didn't see the whole movie. I mean, it's really dark, um, but it's by Michael Show Showalter and it has Kumail Nanjiani in it. And basically he meets this girl and they have this like relationship for like just a few months and then she goes into a coma and like he never leaves her side and like cares for her and gets involved with her family and everything. And then when she wakes up, she was like, I didn't really think we had much going before I was in the coma. (laughs) That's the ultimate, dude. That fucking rules. You should see it. I've I've 
watched it. I like Camille th- Johnny. He's great. I've watched it two or three times now, which is very rare for comedies with me. So I, I think it's a good, good one. Uh, the girl who goes into the coma in the film is played by Emily V. Gordon, who is Camille, Kumail Nanjiani's real ass wife. Oh, okay, okay, that worked out. Yeah. That works out. I mean, that, there was good chemistry there. I, so I think, because yeah, this this is kind of more than one question. It is like whether you should even reach out to this person, and and then the current relationship, like. I, because again, you you mentioned this part at the very end, and it wasn't like this is you know an ex girlfriend that you dated for a long time and there's a long relationship with. Like you, they say, it was just a couple weeks, you know, before she went into the hospital. They'd only seen each other a couple times. Like I think I think you got to really examine your intentions with this, because again, like I, I don't know this for sure. Maybe you are just this. This is purely coming from a place of you know I just want to see how this person is doing. But if it's not that, if there is some inkling that you're testing the waters here, then you really, you, you, you got to get out of this relationship that you're in, uh, because that's, it's, it's totally unfair, you know, to your partner here. And I, I think bringing the situation up with her is the move. If it really is, you just want to get in touch with this person. You also need to be open to your girlfriend potentially vetoing this. Cause it, it it's definitely a weird ask to be like, uh, Hey babe, I met this girl on Tinder before we were dating. uh, And then she went to the hospital. So we couldn't see each other. And then we started dating. uh, But now I want to see her again. Like that, that just, there's no way for that to come off. They're not sketchy. There is a, there is a Reddit comment here. There's another comment that I think busts this uh, wide open. All right. Hit me. Goofy ghoul. One, one, one says, does your current girlfriend know about this? If not, you should tell her if you still have feelings for this other girl, Maybe it's not best to be in a relationship right now. To which OP responds, Now, no, I don't have any feelings for this other girl. I'd meet her just to know how she is and so on, not trying to flirt or start something. Edit. No, my GF doesn't know the story of her, but I'll tell her. So I don't think this is true. I think he's lying. I think he wants to get with this girl. Yeah, but you can okay, but you can you can check if, in on FaceTime. You can follow each other on Instagram and see how right. the story played out. Um I mean, yeah. I I don't see the point of getting that close to somebody that you're thinking about that much uh that you met on a dating site. I I don't see how that isn't playing with fire. Right. Yeah. I, I I'm in the same boat. And, and definitely also like, man, how do you, how do you not realize that you should bring this up with your girlfriend as opposed to like posting it on Reddit? Like, it, it, I, I just, I can't imagine being in this situation and not being like, well, this might be weird for my partner. So I should probably talk about it. How you afraid that by yourself? That you're terrified. <laughs> you don't want to be uncomfortable. Like you're, you're terrified and it's just living inside of you. And I, I don't know. It's, it really is. You just backed yourself into the corner where you're going to go on the internet and someone's going to explain to you how to logically pull this thing apart. So you won't feel bad about it. You know, like if it just feels like a Hail Mary pass to get like uh, a pat on the back for your bad behavior or dishonest. And, and behavior. This, is, this is exactly what we were talking about before too. Like it uh, so many times it just comes down to communication here. You just need to talk to your partner about this. And the more that you keep this to yourself or if you're worried about your partner getting upset and you're like, well, I'll just, you know, cause I don't have any bad intentions. I'll just talk to Tinder girl 
uh, but it's okay. And you know, I'm not going to bother my partner with the anxiety of it. Like, yeah. That's a risky, stupid fucking game. That's going to fuck with you too. Cause you're going to be anxious about your partner finding out then. And then she's going to find the letters. Your partner will find yeah. the fucking letters. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent is going to find the letters. That, yeah. that, that's, that's how these things go. So just talk to your partner about it. And you need, if your partner says like, no, I'm okay with this. You need to be cool with that. And if it's bugging you to the degree that you would still try to see her behind your partner's back here, then it sounds like even if you're not personally aware of it, it sounds like you shouldn't be with the person you're with now. So be fucking careful. Talk to your partner about it. And if if you're on the fence, don't put your fucking partner through this shit. If you're on the fence of whether you want to be with them or not. Yeah, I got to say, I do have to say, though, also just to rip the bandaid off for this person, if they were to somehow hear this, like you are in the doghouse already. Uh, but you, you have, <laughs> right. you, you built up something that you have to now explain. And like, this is the the way to get out of this. And I can, I know this, like I said, from being a cheater, uh, is like when, when your girlfriend says, what did you do today? You should be able to say, oh, I got a postcard in the mail from a friend of mine, uh, that went, <laughs> you should be able, you should say that immediately. You should say, yeah. and I wrote back to them and it should be a matter of fact thing that you don't feel bad about because the reason you're not telling them you know, is the reason I didn't tell my girlfriend that I saw some saw somebody that day was because I was touching him on the lower back in a suggestive way, and I felt guilty <laughs> about it. Like right. that's that's why I couldn't say like, oh, I hung out with. That's why I couldn't be like, oh, I hung out with Lauren today. You know, it's because I was Who trying. Who the fuck to fuck- is Lauren? Right. I was I was trying to I was trying to do something with Lauren. That's why I was hanging out with her. You know, I, you're writing this letter because you are probably thinking about. You're thinking about this girl in a way that uh, you you would be afraid to tell the person that you're with. So exactly, it's testing the waters for sure. I I just you're already I, in the and, pool. You're already in the pool. You just have to pick and swim yeah. in a direction. <laughs> and 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 that was what I was saying before too. Like one of the components, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you just got to communicate. But one of the p- components is you need to know yourself well enough to know where your feelings are at. And I'm kind of getting the impression that this person like doesn't even know where their feelings are at uh, with this, with this Tinder person. Right. So yeah. like, and I, I personally don't think you should even be in a relationship if you're not at a point that you can just openly, you know, talk about what's going on with you, even if it's a difficult thing like this. So I, beyond this situation, like if we're accurate on that, you might want to, you might want to check in with yourself, just where your feelings are. Like, do you actually want to be in the, this relationship is what I'm getting at. Like, or are you in this? Cause you just want to be in a relationship, uh, but you like Tinder girl more. Cause well, again, it, it just, this is unfair to your partner. If, if you're kind of checking and you're going to leave her if it works out with this person. Like you're keeping her on the back burner effectively and you don't fucking do that to people. Can't do it. Yeah, and and I and this also could be comes down to like you have to figure out for yourself like are you just like desperate for attention or to be liked or loved or something because I, that was a big part of uh it for me was just like, "Oh, you like me? Well, I like you too." You know, like it's not yeah. really ever thinking anything about this person, but like if, the, if it's enough just for them to like me, that's enough for me to have a fucking romantic relationship with them. And that's what it kind of feels like. It's, I mean, you got a girlfriend, you're doing good, and some some old Tinder person messaged you. It's like, oh, well, hey, glad you're doing well. Uh, you know, what what are they what 
they didn't bring anything to your life before. You aren't going to go back to the good old days with them. I mean, it sounds like it's mostly been them, uh, you know, they ghosted you and then they came back. And like that, that you have to like figure out if you're being taken for a ride and whether or not you're built for that kind of being taken for that kind of ride. Cause a lot of relationship stuff does happen over and over and over again until you, you break it. It's true. Yeah. It, 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 until you get it sorted out and, and figure out where yourself is. Cause I, like, again, I'm, I'm getting the impression this person doesn't even kind of realize the gravity of this situation. No, they're just kind of keeping it in the back of their mind so they don't have to address it. Cause it would be easier just to do this behind their partner's back and, and forget about it, you know? So either talk, like talk to talk to them about this. And if you can't do that, like fucking evaluate this relationship that you're in. Cause again, you shouldn't be with somebody. If there's somebody else, like you, you would jump to if they were open to it. Yes. If you care about your partner and if you right. don't, then you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. And if you're if you're waiting for somebody to jump to, just get rid of your dead weight that you're with. I mean, the the thing exactly. about it, you also have to be you have to be your own person. Uh, too many relationships are like you know require people to fill in e- each other for each other instead of you know like being two whole complete people that have their own interests and uh ambitions and stuff people kind of just become one person together that kind of just stumbles through life um but like you you can't you're never going to be able to rely on somebody else to love yourself like you have to love yourself with regardless of marriage regardless of partner you have to love and forgive yourself completely before you can even enter into a relationship in an honest way that isn't just trying to trick somebody to be around to 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 be around you all the time, you know. Yeah, to 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 fill the hole in your heart that you right. haven't sorted out by yourself. Right. And, and beyond just the person personal development sense, like that's just a shitty thing to do to somebody is is to use them for that and then cast them aside if you find something better. Uh, as kind of as the impression I'm getting here. So evaluate your shit. If this is, and I don't buy it, but if it really is. Just a genuine, you want to check in with this person, you need to have the conversation with your partner and you got to do stuff like that going forward. You, you can't be sneaking around like this. Even with the best of intentions, it's going to cause fucking issues. Jesus wow. Christ, cat. I fucking picky rocketed up here uh, to put the cherry on top of that. <laughs> special, special other guests sitting on top of the uh, air conditioner. All right. Uh, hopefully on a lighter note, but I guess we're going to find out. Can alcohol help sex? I, 25F, have started seeing this girl, 25F, and hooking up for a couple weeks. She is much more experienced than me, but almost all her experience has been with cis men. I have never had an orgasm during sex, the first times I even had sex previously. It is difficult for me to orgasm, even while masturbating, and the whole thing is very deflating. She, on the other hand, has no problem letting go. Also, I have a better idea of what I'm doing. I can get her 80% of the way there, but after that point, it just flatlines and she doesn't come. For me, I get maybe 10% of the way there, if even that. I have a friend who recommended lube, vibrator, and alcohol. Oh, fucking great combo. I've heard conflicting things about alcohol and sex. And we all know when you're fully drunk, you can't orgasm. Maybe tipsy enough, but not stumbling. 
I wish there was a magic pill I could take just to get over this hump so we could have good sex. We have a lot of chemistry and both really like each other. And I know the sex has the potential to be very good, but it's just really not. And it's very frustrating. Thanks. And that was posted by That's a Disappointment. I'll tell you this. I don't know if alcohol can help sex, but it helps podcasting. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It does. It definitely does. Big fan uh, of the can crack for emphasis. I mean, alcohol, I mean, can help sex, but I, but that only is from a coming too fast perspective. That is, <laughs> that is my experience. Too. Whiskey dick is fun sometimes, but like it has to, you have to like really ride the line. I, I will say kind of what you're articulating here. And I, I think this is the crux of an issue for a lot of people who have trouble coming um, or, or, you know, even getting turned on with a partner sometimes is a lot of time. It is an anxiety thing. Yeah. You get too much in your head, you know, and it, you can't really, you really do need to let go to come oftentimes. And I, I think that's, in my experience, much more the case for people with a vagina versus a penis. You really do. You got to be like there in the moment and, and, and not kind of up in your in your head with things. So if this is, you know, if you think this is an anxiety thing or maybe you deal with anxiety in other areas of your life, you know, then, it, yeah, it might be able to help, you know, drink a beer or two. Again, you already acknowledge this. Don't get fucking completely shithoused because then you can't feel fucking anything. Uh, but but sometimes that can help just to, you know, turn the turn the churning off in your mind so you can you can focus on the sex there. Um but on the other hand, like oftentimes is the case with this, there, there really isn't just a kind of magic solution that'll fix it off the bat. A lot of times it's really, you just need to put the work in and the time in to get to a point with your partner uh, where you're comfortable enough with each other that you, you do feel comfortable letting go. And it, it, that's not easy. It fucking sucks. You know, I, I've been there. Sometimes that goes on for a really long time and it is, it is really, really frustrating. Um, so I, I I would just open up to your partner about this, you know, maybe, but again, maybe, maybe give a beer or two a try. Uh, it might help, but just be, be ready that that not be, that might not be the thing that fixes this. Uh, and just, so just don't let that, you know, shut down your kind of drive to, to try where like, Oh, the alcohol doesn't work. And then you're even more frustrated than when, when you began and just kind of cut yourself some slack on this, uh, I guess, because this is this is totally normal. This happens to a lot of people. You know, you've only been together for a couple weeks. So just don't. It's kind of counterintuitive, like in the situations where you, oh, man, I just want to be able to come with this person. If you get in that headspace, then it makes it even fucking harder because in addition to the anxiety, there's the additional pressure of like, why? Why won't it fucking work? Why won't my fucking stuff work? And then just more pressure on you. And in that pressure, it's even fucking harder to come. So. You know, yeah, I, I I think spending more time together could be helpful and maybe, you know, maybe drinking a beer or two could help with that. Um, but again, just just be prepared that it, it might not be an easy fix like that. But that's that's OK. That sucks. But but it's OK. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I didn't know it was a couple weeks. I didn't. Oh, so that makes more sense. Um, I, I mean, I, I think if, if you'd already don't know how to drink and have sex, um, I don't know if that's going to be like this. I don't know if that's going to be the solution. Uh, I mean, 
if you go out to dinner and you do have like a, a couple glasses of wine, that's you know usually gets gets me in the mood. Uh, but um, I, I really think it's going to require something else. It's gonna you're going to have to like really talk to the person about what they like and not feel bad when they say like you do this wrong, you finger me wrong, you lick me wrong, or like I prefer it this way. It, it you really have to like like you said, give into it and um, kind of, I, I don't know, do it through literal practice. Like, just like explain it, do have, have them have your part, explain to your partner and show them all the things that you like and how they can get you to that 100% level. Um, and cause that's very sexy. Like it seems corny at first, but it's weird. But then you're like, you know, then it's like, ooh, you like that. And it's like, ooh, I like that. And then all of a sudden, that's all it takes <laughs> to get juices flowing. So um, I don't know. It's it's it should be a natural thing. Um, I don't know how experienced this person is, but you know, there should be a level of like lust and intensity that comes, especially in the early days. Yeah. Because um, now with like me and my wife, like I, I mean, I can I can operate her like a piece of machinery. <laughs> like I can just do. <laughs> Like a Rubik's Cube. I could do it like a Rubik's Cube. I could get her to come in like 21 seconds or something. Like, I just know five fucking things and how to progress through them to get to the final thing. And and That's a fucking great analogy because it's never, like, easy to solve a Rubik's Cube, but it's something you can develop with with time. Yeah. And once you get it, it, you're kind of there. Yeah. and, and and again, that's that's totally normal, especially with a new partner like this. But the combination of that and maybe having some anxiety yourself, maybe having trouble with this in general, you know, obviously that could be frustrating. It, it is a difficult thing to overcome. As somebody who has had this personally with just a couple new partners where like I just couldn't fucking get there, I found that the more every t- if I went into it being like, OK, I'm going to come this time. And then you don't, and then you come out even more discouraged, more yep. frustrated, yep. and you become even less capable of letting go, I think, because it just puts more and more pressure every time you try. And so I think communicating to this, this to your partner, that, you know, it's difficult for you to get there, uh, doing like Brett said, getting kind of past that initial anxiety where you can talk freely about, you know, the, the actual intricacies of like what you like during sex, what you don't, it, just establishing an environment where it's okay. There, there's no pressure to come and your partners, you know, where this is an issue. You, you don't have it in the back of your mind that like, Oh man, like what if they think that I'm not that into them? Cause I can't come like just putting the stuff on the table yeah. that, that you just relieving as much pressure from this as you can, which again is counterintuitive. Cause if something's not working, I think the normal impulse is like, I'm going to work harder to fix this. But this is one of those things where you, you can't really, you can't really just push through this. It is, think, it is kind of a very delicate thing to work through. So just work on relieving that pressure between the two of you. I think more than alcohol, the proper playlist is going to get it going. Like you got to <laughs> get a comfortable groove going. So I suggest you start with Rhythm of the Night by Corona and see what happens. <laughs> this is the rhythm Perfect, of the night. I'm gonna come oh, within yeah. th- within three minutes if Corona Rhythm of the Night comes on. You gotta set up the Bang. playlist. Bingo. The never, song of, of all time. Never, ever, ever 
let Spotify make the playlist because you're going to make it like uh, you're going to be getting with a dude if you're me. And it's going to be like a gay house anthems and like gay underground hip hop thing. And then an anthem called It's Okay to Be Gay is going to come on while you're getting a blowjob <laughs> and it's going to get really awkward. So <laughs> don't do that. Way, way too on the nose. Yeah, I will he, say too, he literally he pulls, a magic pill. Oh, no. Go, sorry. Go ahead. He pulls the dick out of my mouth, look, out of his mouth, looks at me and goes, seriously? And I go, listen, I didn't make the playlist. <laughs> this this was Spotify's doing. I'm so sorry. Let me hold on. Where's my phone? All right, there we go. My uh, I will do one left field answer here. Like I wish there was a magic pill I could take just to get over this hump. Now I would absolutely never condone uh the usage of any substance not approved yeah. by the US Perform- government. Performance but if enhancing drugs. If you're somebody who's open to that though, you know, I've heard from a friend of a friend that something like MDMA can be pretty useful and Nah, uh, nah you can't. You can't come on MDMA. You can't come on MDMA. What are you talking about? You can't my come on says it. You absolutely can. I I have heard stuff to the contrary. It is my understanding that the whole thing rules? <laughs> like having sex on MDMA <laughs> is fucking incredible, but you can't get off. Is what I've heard. Nah, dude. My friend's friend Houseplant had a very good experience with that in their sex life. So I don't know if you, if there's somebody who's open to you know taking some of the the less legal paths that's an option it might be a little extreme though and again i don't know if that's going to solve the underlying thing here but there's also a situation where if you can overcome it once from there on it's kind of easier so <laughs> overcome uh, <laughs> so i don't know different options any anything you can do to reduce the anxiety reduce the pressure i think it's going to be that's where you need to be. And I think once it happens, that's going to make it way easier going forward. Like you're not going to have to, I don't think go through this entire process every single time in the future. But so yeah, roll. That's, that's my advice. Put on uh it's great to be gay and uh, get after it. Any, any last words on this, on this breath? No, I think that's good. I think that's all I got. All right. <laughs> Well, that's all, right. all we got, folks, because that was Radio Free Tote Bag for this week, episode 104 in the bag. Very happy about it. Uh, uh, big thanks uh, to our guest, Brett, from Street Fight. Let's get a fucking, let's get one of these going. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. I had thanks fun. For coming. Thank you for hopping on with us. Yeah, I um, definitely, I love to give you advice. I do not have my life together at all, but I can definitely tell other people <laughs> how to live their lives and make it better and what they should do. So I'm a great judge. So here we are at the end of our program where I remind everybody that our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower. You can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. Our outro song is a song Stephanie by the Hayfellows. You can find them at Instagram.com slash the Hayfellows or on Spotify. Three words, the Hayfellows. And uh, Brett, I know obviously you and Brian, you know, n- no live gigs in the near future, I would assume. Uh, but do you have, you know, anything you want to plug in terms of where people can find you, uh, you know, on social media or, you know, just to listen to the program? Uh, yeah, you can always uh, find every, all the links you want to click on over at streetfightradio.com. Uh, we're a podcast that comes out two times a week. Uh, we do a call-in show on Sunday nights, and we live stream as well. So if you, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, 
Wednesday from 11 to midnight and Sunday from 9 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And uh, if you don't know about Means TV, it's the anti-capitalist streaming service full of documentaries and TV shows and Means Morning News and a lot of great programming. And we're coming to it coming to it soon. So check out Means TV. And uh, you know, if you're if you are not a Street Fight subscriber yet, I suggest. Uh, doing it now because we'll be handing out some free three months of means TV once we launch our show which Shit. is actually the t- the TV show is actually it's, it's really good that it's happening right now because I don't know how the hell we would have toured and did a TV show so it, it's kind of synchronicity <laughs> I, I was gonna say man I, I'd encourage folks to uh, you know if you, if you end up liking street fight you guys have just a crazy amount of stuff on your patreon there's like four or five kind of completely different shows. I know you have uh, uh undercover business tyrant uh, is extremely good. You and uh, <laughs> Brian commenting on uh, undercover boss, uh, the shocktober stuff with uh, Brian and, and Felix from uh, Chapo is very good. I'll just say if, if you're somebody like me, you're kind of stuck in an apartment right now. If you want some stuff to do, there's a lot of fucking fantastic comment uh, content on the street fight, Patreon. Uh, so maybe check that out. All right. Thank you. I have to go let Thanks. my wife in. She just got home. Please do. Uh, uh, Thanks again, Uh, folks. I love you. Thanks. Bye.